with you. My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. This man's presence is heavy, eh? He freezes the system. Albert van Weg, my brother. Good morning this morning. Hi, Manla. Nice to be on the show with you. It's great being here so early this morning. Thank eh? you for coming in. <laughs> he, he's one lucky guy. He's got uh, Nicole looking after him to make sure he's safe. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen often. Eh? Yeah, no, social media is important. Eh? We need the video and the, and the photos and everything. You're a rock star, bro. You're a rock star. Nice to have you. No, great to Do be here. Do people tell you you look like an artist? <laughs> yeah, with the long hair, I get that a lot. People ask me, are oh, you a musician? So, yeah, they, they, I get that a lot. But I do play drums and I do play guitar. So, yeah. maybe that helps. As well, because I read the story about how you with got long, to, 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 to buy the guitar. Oh, self-taught yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, self-taught. I got drumming lessons though. Yeah. So drumming, I got lessons for, I think, three years before I started playing guitar because I saw the other guys play guitar and I was like, yeah, that, that looks good. Let's try it out. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you come across as a, a young person who's always been busy, always been thinking about stuff. While other guys were playing sport and talking about girls, you were thinking about a plan. Yeah, no, I had to make a plan. Like, uh, growing up, uh, as soon as I got to school, I realized that, look, we can't afford the stuff that all my friends could afford. So then I started asking these questions, or like you say, thinking about stuff and saying, well, you know, how can I get these things that I want in life? Yeah. And started thinking and making plans to, to, to get there. Have you always planned to be a millionaire at 22? When when did that idea come? About? No, so so to be quite honest, my my original plan does the was that I'm going to finish with industrial engineering. Um, so I finished my degree, and then I thought I'm going to uh, work f- until I'm at least like 35. I'm going to work as yeah. an industrial engineer. By that time, I would have had like three or four properties, and then I would be able to leave my job, and and basically kind of retire. So that happened at uh, 23. I quit my job. And <laughs> so, so I originally thought I'm going to have to do this till 35, work as an engineer till 35. Right. But then at 23, I, I left my job and basically retired. Uh, now I'm a full-time entrepreneur and doing great things across the country, basically living my passion and my purpose. I, I like the story around how you watched your grandfather and your father working hard and you followed through even though you changed direction mm. why why that so so i think through our family um uh, maybe i should just quickly summarize the story uh, for the for the listeners yes um so basically my great grandfather worked on the road with an axe a, a pickaxe and a shovel and then my grandfather drove the the tractor and the bulldozers and stuff and uh, then my father got his b-tech and made sure the engineer's drawings were applied on site and then i was the f- uh, the first one in my father's line of the family that uh, got a degree so I became an industrial engineer and the, the family was very, pr- that was our definition of success, you know, getting a degree. Across the board. I mean, yeah. where I come from, you have to be a teacher, lawyer, doctor, yeah, police so, officer, then you, you, you made. Yeah. So, I mean, in my family, when I got my degree, everyone was like, yeah, you know, over is successful, you know, yeah. and, and that was the definition of success. And you can imagine uh, when I told my, my family that, look, I'm going to quit engineering 
and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, you can imagine the, that conversation. So, yes. so basically, yeah, I went through that journey, and I went. Uh, I still got the degree and 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 went through that journey, but then I changed direction because I, I figured out that look, I need to follow my definition of success. And I think a lot of people, uh, all of us, have different definitions of su- success. True. But sometimes we are so forced into thinking. Uh, uh, of a definition of success that is imposed on us by society, our parents, our family, social media, uh, that we try and it's almost like a fish trying to climb a tree and you always feel like you're failing. Yeah. Um, but you should be swimming, you know, you should be doing what you are made to do and your definition of success. Wow. Finished my trick, finished degree, got into the job, then... Yeah, so I worked one year as an industrial engineer and then I quit my job. Only one? Yeah, only one year. But by that time, I I had my second property down. So I had enough income to basically uh, replace my salary and a bit more. So I decided, look, I want to follow my passion. And at that stage, I wrote this book called How to Become a Millionaire 22. And I didn't get time to to visit the schools that I wanted to because I wanted to make an impact in my community. Uh, I wanted to go back to my community where I came from and say, hey guys, I figured out how to do this and I want to help the youth to enable them to do it as well. So that was my passion. That was what I wanted to do. But with the engineering, I didn't get time to do that. So I quit my job and then I started, I finished my book and then I started going to the schools in in my area uh, speaking to the kids about entrepreneurship and finance and tips, trying to help them to understand these concepts. You know, you know what I'm thinking also, as you talk about talking schools, um, this idea of uh, graduates who need to try and create businesses and jobs for themselves and the talk that maybe entrepreneurship should be introduced in high schools as a subject. Mm. Maybe this is where you come in. you could help develop the curriculum. Yeah, so I think entrepreneurship is absolutely key, Uh, especially in our economy, in today's economy. You need to be self-sufficient. You need to be able to to create your own money, to create your own income. If you're not able to do that, then you're always going to be, you know, standing in line waiting for your salary at the end of the month. And some months that might not come. You know, some months the economy might hit the company and they just tell you, Oh, sorry, you know, so I think you need to be self-sufficient and I think that's a major key that everyone needs to get and not just the youth because we we started speaking at schools across the country uh, at first just in my area. But then before I knew it, we were driving all over the country, traveling all over the country, speaking at schools and we still do that now. But what I realized was that the older generation also needs these things also yeah. needs these concepts these these tools to help them become self-sufficient and we get so many guys that's uh, 55 uh, saying that look i've worked 30 years of my life in this job i'm retiring now i'm going to try and pursue this passion of mine and they then buy the book read the stuff uh, get the concepts uh, and then start doing what they always wanted to do and uh, yeah and with the economy being as it is, I think we all need to be able to be self-sufficient. Talk to us about the discipline of you making a million at 22 when the rest of us, even at retirement, we haven't gotten that far. What is it that you had to give up? What is it that you had to do 
the kind of life you've lived with all the pressures that are there <laughs> a lot <laughs> a lot so so basically um just thinking of school uh when when all of the when the school came out all of the kids went home or they yeah. went did whatever they did i i sat when i waited for, for my mom to pick me up i sat outside the school with my books on my lap and then i would be doing my homework outside the school gate like sitting outside on the street yeah. doing my homework as soon as quickly as possible so that when i get home i can work on my businesses so then i would work on my businesses in the afternoons and even late at nights uh, since high school i worked till 12 at night so when i had when i got to university and i had to work later it, for me it was easy because i was used to working late at night working on my businesses and and i think the biggest thing uh, except from the hard work and the dedication that yeah. i had to put in was saving my money so i mean all my friends got new phones got new laptops got new cars got places to stay you know i i i tried to live as lean as possible so i i always bought a second hand phone i always had a second hand laptop i drove a, a right through high school and university i drove a 1956 uh, volvo 122s s which I bought for 8000 rand while my friends you were You must have been a cool dude with that. <laughs> well my friends were driving 100000 rand cars or whatever I drove an 8000 rand car cuz I try and it had no aircon in the in the summer and no heaters in the winter like it was an <laughs> old old but it was cool it was a vintage cool car but um I always tried to live lean and save as much money as I can and kept on reinvesting while all of the people around me bought nice things and wore nice clothes. Yes. You know, I I would buy my sweater at pep stores while my friends buy at Edkes or Woolworths, you know. So I think that was the biggest one. Being able to look into the future and say I'm not going to spend this money now. I'm going to keep on investing, keep on growing my money and and then at la- at a later stage it will pay off and it did. I'd like to be your friend today. It's never too late. <laughs> It's never too late. I've got an, a message on Facebook from uh, Nazim Khrudbom says, "Wow, at 22, he's already a millionaire. How did he do it? Uh, tips, please." <laughs> And then John Snow at John at uh, John Truth Only says, "Youngsters could learn a lot from Albert von Weick." Yeah, so so that's why we're going across the country. Uh we've visited over 44 schools in the in the last year and went all over the country just speaking to the youth, teaching them the correct conte- concepts, hoping that they would apply it if they finish school in 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 their life. So so yeah, that's why we're very passionate about speaking to the youngsters and the youth, helping them to understand these things that we don't learn at school or or at home, you know? So Also what I like about how you've done things you made it look so cool to be living at home <laughs> because it's it's amazing how at at 14 or 16 young people are already thinking about leaving yeah and and you in your strategy you saved money you lived at home and you were able to collect this money yes yes like I think I think as a youngster as you as you start making money don't try to live it out Like I think the biggest trap that people fall into is when they get the five the the 5000 rand or let's say when they get the 3000 rand. Yes. They live a 3000 rand lifestyle. And then when they get the 5000 rand, they start living a 5000 rand lifestyle. And then when they get, you know, then they get married, then the expenses go up. Uh, then when they get the raise, they get kids. Yeah. You know, and then the expenses go up again. So they never ahead. You know, you I mean, you might you must know people that they get money in the beginning of the month but at the end of the month they're always broke 
There's no, always 15 days into the month they come on your door. There's always nothing left, and and it's because they never get ahead. So so for for the lady on uh, 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 one of the listeners that asked for some tips. Yes. Uh, one of the first tips that I can give you is when you get your money in the uh, for your salary, don't spend it all. There's a concept called paying yourself first. So let's say you get ten thousand rand, right? Then what you do is you take like 3,000 Rand of that 10,000 Rand and you put it on a debit order on your account into an investment fund on, this, uh, on the day after you get your salary. So if you get your salary on the first, on the second, that debit order goes out of your account and it pulls that 3,000 Rand out. So you can't use it. And then you let it go into a 90-day account or something where you can't touch it. So you can't pull it out again. You can't use it. And then you have to force yourself to survive on the remaining 7,000 Rand. So your 10,000 Rand that comes in, your 3,000 Rand goes into an investment account without you being able to touch it. So it's like it never came into your account in the first place. And then you need to survive on the 7,000. And that does two things for you. One, your 3,000 Rands every month keeps on growing it creates more and more and more wealth for yourself and the second thing that it does for you is that 7000 rand because it's a bit it's a bit difficult to survive on that you're putting yourself in a in a in a in a, in a, in a space of discomfort so now your brain is thinking of ways how can i survive on this 7000 rand where can i save where can i limit expenses how can i make more money uh, there's an opportunity where i can uh, get an extra 1000 you know so now you're becoming resourceful and then you create more income until you create back you're back to 10000 again then you put away another 3000 a month so you can start paying yourself first and and instead of spending everything every month Try to get ahead. Wow. So 10,000 less 3,000, that's about 30%. Yeah, yeah. So so I would say if you can, I know it's not always possible. Yes. I mean, maybe start with 10% and then work your way up to 20, 30. Uh, since high school, I put away 70% of my income and live on 30%. And I've been able to keep, keep that up. And, and that's the power. If you're just ahead, you know, you can keep it up. So, so... I never got the watch or the car unless my 30% allowed me to do that. So I live only on 30% of my income and invest 70%. And I would not increase my lifestyle. If, if there's a McDonald's burger and I really want it, but my 30% cannot afford it, then I won't get it. So, so you, can, you can start with 10%, but you're not going to spend that 10%. It goes into investment. If your 90% can't afford it, then you're not getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it takes a muscle, and and then yeah, exactly. Then you build that muscle to say, look, I'm gonna make my thirty percent more. Or I'm gonna make that ninety percent more until I can afford the things I want. You know, and and but, then but it breeds that responsibility. Now, I mean, peer pressure really breaks a lot of people. It's it's not only young people, even older people as well. Mm. Um, how did you handle that? I mean, I I know people want to do this. But we always fall apart at, at, at peer pressure. How did how did you deal with that? Uh, I, I to keep so focused. I think it's it gets easier as you build the momentum. So the first few months, it's gonna be crazy. It's yeah. gonna be hard. It's gonna be difficult. You're gonna have to tell your kids that look, 
there's not enough presence anymore and you're going to maybe have to tell your wife she's going to wait she's going to have to wait for that dress you know and you're going to have to tell your friends you can't come out to party this weekend and um, i mean that's that's what i had to do straight through high school straight through university i had to always uh, stay stay to the uh, focus on the cause you know the the future and, and it's going to be difficult for the first few months but as soon as you get the hang of it and you see your investment account growing right you see the you see the fruits of your labor you see how your money is growing in your investment account i think then it becomes easier because then you see the the positive return uh you have momentum you're already in this habit of only spending according to your uh, percentage let's say only spending the 70% and putting away the 30 yeah. and it became a habit and it becomes easier as you build momentum please talk to us about your analogy i like it perseverance discipline passion Mm. So I, I like the way you put it. Please p- put it in your own words because it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That this feeds into that, that feeds into this and therefore this is what you're able to do. Yeah. So so I think it's the other way around. Yeah. I think it starts with passion. Right. If you have passion, if you have drive for what you're doing, then the discipline and the perseverance is easier. So so if you're doing something that you don't want to do, then discipline is going to be very difficult or perseverance is going to be very difficult to continue doing that thing that you don't want to do but if it's something that you love doing that you want to wake up in the morning to do that you would actually do for free i mean then and and if you do that then discipline is much easier and perseverance is much easier so so i would say you know find something that makes you excited find because because passion is a very difficult word what is passion yeah. you know yeah. what 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 is it what, what is purpose you know um i think you can start with uh what makes you excited like what excites you when when you're tired and you don't want to speak to nobody and you you you're like i had a rough day i'm so tired i'm going to get in bed what is that thing that you when you take out your phone you're able to stay up till 12 at night googling or youtubing or what whatever something you know what is that thing what's that thing that that helps you to stay awake longer that helps you to get up earlier for you know find that thing and then that would make the discipline and the perseverance easier It's uh, six minutes to five. News on the hour with Nomsam Lulin, of course. Then it's going to be first take essay with uh, Elvis Presley. And Albert von Weyck has written a book which you must get and read and get. How to become a millionaire at 22. At 22. <laughs> and live it up if you want to. But he's not living it up yet. He's still... Property-wise, I mean, you've amassed quite a, a portfolio. Yeah, so so I was uh, I bought my first property at 19. I was a millionaire at 22 and then I just kept on uh, buying more property, building more businesses and yeah, so entrepreneur and property investor. And you run a company called Gazaro. Yeah, so we do online media, uh, website development, branding, social media. So that's my business and then on the property side, I I have a few properties that I rent out and then we're also busy developing now and building new properties and and things. So chances are you're writing a book how to be a billionaire before <laughs> 25 or 30. <laughs> I am busy with my new book but I don't have a title yet so uh, we'll we'll see how that goes but I, I'm very excited for it. But dude, do you have time for fun? Looks like you're constantly busy. <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. Like if if you're constantly doing what you love, then you you you're always working but you're also never working. 
So, I mean, we we travel the country, uh, speak at schools, which I love to do. That's that's so much fun for me. Uh, speaking at big events, you know, and and I mean, that's that's life. I, I'm I'm living the life life of my dreams, and um, uh, you know, I'm doing it full time. So I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> a, a, a little birdie whispered in my ear that one of your ambitions is to be an international speaker. Yes, yeah. How, how's that coming along? <laughs> well, you need to you need to be a national speaker first, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's coming along very nicely. So hopefully, in a year or two, I'll start uh, I'll start getting some invitations to go overseas. So looking forward to that. I'd like to think the Department of Education is talking to you because seeing that you've been to a number of schools because obviously developing the curricula and, mm. and, and getting young people to really get into this and really understand it and mm. you know have the discipline, the passion and the perseverance, it needs people like you. Yeah, so, so currently uh, the education department is very strict on the curriculum and stuff. Right. So what we've done for now is we've introduced a course uh, alongside Young Entrepreneurs, which is called Young Millionaires. Um, so it's an extra mural activity. And then we go to schools and present this course. So for schools that can afford it or parents that can afford it, uh, we, we then give the course as an extra mural activity that, that they need to pay for after school hours. Or sometimes the school allows us to do, do it in school hours, but it depends. And then for kids like that can't afford it, like rural schools, etc., we then get sponsors to kind of say, look, give this course to a thousand kids. And then what I do is I match that. So if a sponsor can give, can sponsor a thousand kids, I will present the course to 2000 kids. So, so in my personal capacity, I kind of match, match the number of kids that, that uh, yes. the sponsor can sponsor. So that's what we do for kids that can't afford the course. Um, but yeah, we go out there and try to have at least, uh, this is a seven week course. So it's not in the curriculum uh, for the school kids, but at least there's something, a course that they can do and that's necessary for them to do uh, at school. That's a man who's very prudent with his money, but he's able to give as well. I don't know how mathematically he does that. <laughs> that would be very tricky. How can people find you? Uh, they can find me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Millionaire at 22. And then I also have a website, www.millionaire22.com, where they can get the book. And the book is also available in exclusive books and bargain books across the country. And then they can also follow me on Albert von Weyck Official on Facebook and Instagram. I'm going with you. <laughs> I'm going with you. Albert, very well done. You should have been there during my high school days. You know, all the lunch money could have been saved and put I, I, to good use. I think that's exactly how I felt. I wish there would be an entrepreneur that could come to my school and teach me these things. And now we are doing that. So very excited about it. Thank you so much for having me on the show and sharing the story. Thank you for coming through and thank you for doing things the way you do. And I hope, as I said, the department will start talking to you seriously now to, to get this rolling nationwide. Awesome. Because we can, you know, we can live easier. <laughs> Maybe we can pay less tax. You never know. Thank you so much. It was great being on the show. Albert van Weyck, gentlemen, how to be a millionaire at uh, 22 or maybe much earlier depends on you. The passion you have and the support system because uh, Albert has got a very solid support system as well. Those can help you. If it's your birthday today, happy birthday, many happy returns. You share a birthday with Patrice Lumumba. He would have been 94 today, passed on at the age of 36. Jan Velkens, former wrestler and boxer. 
is 72, 76 years old today, and the creator of uh, Seinfeld. David, Larry David is 72 years old today. Bret Hart, if you love wrestling, is 61 years old today. Footballer, Debo uh, Homoloi, is at, um, 52. And then Lindsay Lohan, 32. Gee, that's our show. Mm. Time flies when you're having fun <laughs> with influential people doing great things. Albert von Weig. That's our show. Zalma Trivi, Tabalum Papudi. Thanks to Albert and thanks to you for tuning in. Let's do this again tomorrow, same time, 3 to 5. We wish you a fabulous Tuesday. Nam Sam good morning. It's 5 o'clock. It's time for SAFM News. Have a great Tuesday.